how to make lifting more effective, progressive overload, time under tension, and perfect form today on Body Performance. I'm Steve Carano. Welcome to Body Performance, the podcast offering accurate information about weight loss, fitness, and bodybuilding, helping you reach your goals so you can have the body you want. The purpose of this episode is not to hate on guys who take steroids. And in this episode, I'll actually help guys who take drugs lift better. Because what I'm going to tell you will help anybody get bigger and stronger. Because what I'm about to tell you is how weightlifting and bodybuilding should be done. Like I've said before, most of my friends had tons of drugs in them. I mean, they had more drugs in them than Walgreens and CBS. But they were honest they were upfront and they trained hard. They weren't trying to fool anybody into buying a product or a supplement. They were just competitive bodybuilders and they had to train hard and take supplements, steroids, in order to be competitive. I just met a guy in the gym just coincidentally a couple weeks ago. Nice guy, he's about 6'5", 220, and his name just happens to be Steve. The guy is covered in tattoos. I mean, he looks like he just stepped out of Pelican Bay or just got out of prison or a biker gang. So I'm just chit-chatting and bullshit with him. And I go, hey, man, you know, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a mechanical engineer and an aerospace engineer. I was like, holy shit, can't judge a book by its cover. And he just moved into town. And you can kind of tell he was kind of lonely in the gym. So I've just bullshit with everybody. So I was bullshitting with him. So we end up talking about his training, and he mentions he's taking supplements, and I go, man, it doesn't look like you are. So I get into a conversation with him, talk to him about his training, and he's just doing it all wrong because the guys who were selling him supplements were telling him, just take these supplements and lift lightweight. That's what we do. And he's like, you know, Steve, these guys are huge, so why wouldn't I listen to them? And I go, makes perfect sense to me. But then you start looking at the exercises he's doing. And they're just not that effective. So I don't know if these other guys were doing different exercises, special exercises, or they were keeping the good stuff for them and selling him garbage. So I said, listen, why don't you just train with me for a week and I'll show you what to do. And that's what we did last week. And he's like, man, this is nothing like what I've been told to do. And I go, yeah, because this is how you get big without drugs. And this is how you get bigger with drugs. Basic exercises allowing you to lift heavy weight safely and intensely. I'll keep you updated on his progress. But for a second, let's talk about Rich Piana. Everybody remembers him, guy covered in tattoos, huge dude. He was very honest about the drugs he took. I admired his honesty. He even said he probably would die at a relatively young age. And he was right. I've seen videos of him where he was training incredibly light while eating shakes made out of frosted flakes. I mean, a great gimmick. Unfortunately, it cost him his life. But then you see guys like Ronnie Coleman, Branch Warren, Dexter Jackson, if we're going old school, and these guys trained incredibly hard. And after a while, the body gets used to that light weight that a lot of bodybuilders use. So eventually, something has to change. This means either more drugs, more training, or harder training. And which do you think is the easiest thing to do? More drugs. Again, let me remind listeners, I'm not busting on anybody, but what I am doing is trying to separate fact from fiction so those guys who are trying to get bigger, whether they're taking supplements or not, understand what is required to get big. It ain't easy. It's hard. It takes hard work, 
regardless of what you're doing, regardless of what you're taking. And if you want to maximize your potential, you got to do the right things on a consistent basis, day after day, week after week, month after month. How do you make weightlifting more effective? What you're really asking is, is how do we increase the intensity of our weightlifting? Well, that means more weight, more reps, more sets, more exercises, less rest between sets, training more frequently, or a combination of all these. And which of those would be more effective? Basically, being able to handle heavier weight. And this is why I hate gimmick exercises, where you're standing on one foot, and you're curling one dumbbell while the other dumbbell is being held, and your arms are straight, and your head is turned 90 degrees, and all this other bullshit that you see personal trainers putting people through who don't know what the hell they're doing. The more weight you can handle safely, the more results you're going to get. That's first and foremost. Then the second aspect is, of the exercises that you can do, which ones are most effective? Well, ones that are the hardest to do are more effective. And what does that mean? It means exercises that don't involve cables and pulleys to allow you to lift heavier weight easier. An example of this was a buddy of mine this week. I'm watching him. He's on the cable crossover machine and he's adding extra plates and stacking dumbbells. And then he does standing cable curls. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, brother, grab a goddamn Olympic bar, throw a couple 45s on either side, and you got 135 pounds. Don't you remember the days where you were doing one-arm curls with 100-pound dumbbells? Do you remember that? I do. I was watching it. I guess he thinks it's more impressive just to stack all that weight on the cable machine and impress everybody else. Therefore, when you think about increasing the intensity of your workout and the effectiveness of your workout, think in terms of how do I lift more weight? Can I incorporate more exercises? Am I training the body part frequently enough? Do I need to add more sets or more reps or any combination of these uh, options? Progressive overload. I love this catchphrase. It's a great marketing phrase. I hate to tell people this. All weightlifting is progressive overload, even if you stay with the same weight because you can do more reps. More reps would be progressive overload because you're basically overloading the muscle. You might overload it at 10 reps, and then next week you get 11 reps, and then the next week you get 12 reps, and then weeks and months later you're doing 20 reps. Well, you're progressively overloading the muscle even though you're not adding more weight. It's just a catch gimmick phrase to sell programs. The problem occurs is when you can't do as many reps as you need. I mean, how many times can you curl 50 pounds? 30, 40, 50? Essentially, something's got to give. You either have to keep endlessly adding reps or you eventually have to add more weight. And you always remember this. You don't need huge muscles to lift a light weight 40, 50, or 60 times. That's not the type of adaptation we're looking for. We're looking for big muscle growth, big hypertrophy. So you don't need big muscles to lift light weight lots of times. If this were true, marathoners would have huge legs. Keep that in mind when you're thinking, gee, I am just not getting the results I'm looking for. This is also the reason if you want to have big strength, you've got to handle big weight. If you want to bench press 315, you've got to begin to sneak up on it by bench pressing two and a quarter for eight, 245 for six, and have the weeks and months go by. You can't bench press 200 pounds 15 times and expect to go right to 315. 
because you're used to handling 200 pounds. You're not used to handling a heavier weight that's closer to 315. And this involves the nervous system as well. I'll mention that in a minute. Another catchphrase is time under tension. That's not accurate. Okay, if you flex your muscles and stand there and pose in the mirror like guys in the locker room, that's time under tension. Your muscles are under tension. They're flexed, but it's not the time that they're under tension. It's the intensity of that tension. It's the intensity of that contraction. That's the most important part. It's creating an intense muscular contraction, a ballistic type of contraction, an explosive contraction. That's the type of contraction that creates trauma on the muscle and that eventually creates growth. And the more of those you can have, the better. And the more you handle heavier weight, the more those intense contractions occur. As you handle 50 pounds for 10 reps, you get that type of trauma. And then 12 reps, you get that kind of trauma. But eventually at 15 and 20 reps, you don't get that kind of trauma because your muscles essentially are getting used to that weight and those numbers of reps. That's why you have to increase the amount of weight you handle. So this time under tension gimmick is just that, a gimmick. It's just shtick that they're using to sell programs. Also, time under tension causes your body to utilize ATP, as I've said before. So when you lift a weight, let's say you're doing a curl, you have a limited amount of ATP in those biceps of yours. You want to get as many reps in as possible, handling as much weight as possible before that ATP runs out. So if you curl 50 pounds for five reps for a count of three up and four down, and you're like, wow, that was like 30 seconds. I am shot. Okay, yeah, that's hard. But you got four or five reps in with 50 pounds before your ATP ran out. Pick up 100 pounds, get up eight to 10 reps as quickly as you can. Now you've completed twice the number of contractions with twice the amount of weight, causing twice the amount of growth. As I've mentioned before, let's talk about perfect form. And you know, coincidentally, these are the things that my new training partner or my new friend in the gym, Steve, is asking about. Perfect form, time under tension, progressive overload, how to make lifting more effective. Does lightweight really work? All these things I'm telling you, he's already asked about. Remember, weightlifting is not hitting a golf ball and it is not ballet. There are certain things you can do to make lifting more effective. And there are certain things you should do when you begin to reach the pinnacle or your maximum amount of weight. Those things will make a difference, like the positioning of the bar when you're doing inclines, bending your elbows a little bit when you're doing flies, some other aspects of lifting that I've mentioned before and I'll cover in other podcasts. But there are definitely some things you have to worry about when it comes to form. And then other things make no difference. A little bit of momentum is fine. What we're trying to do is create massive contractions on the muscles by handling heavier weight. I'm watching a guy in the gym do laterals while he's seated. This is stupid. It takes the hamstrings out of play and most of the glutes and part of your back. You want to stand while you're doing laterals. This is because when you're standing on the ground, your legs, your hamstrings, your glutes help stabilize you. They may stabilize you when you're seated, but they stabilize you much more effectively and they actually come into play when you're standing. Therefore, you can handle more weight. Plus, when you're standing, you can also create a little bit of momentum. So you go from seated laterals to standing laterals, 
and all of a sudden, instead of lifting the 30s, you're lifting the 40s. Did you automatically become stronger? No, you just put your body in a better position to handle heavier weight. And now your weight gains or your increases in strength will occur at a much faster rate because now you can handle much greater weight as the weeks roll by. When you're doing standing curls and you allow the weight to come forward and your shoulders lift up a little bit, guys freak out about that. Somehow the weight is supposed to actually go up vertically along the path of your chest while your elbows come back a little bit and the bar ends up touching your chest at the top. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? You use your entire body to, to do a, a barbell curl. So who gives a shit if you utilize your shoulders and the bar moves a little bit forward? That's the natural movement of the body, especially if you're going to handle heavy weight. And then what? All of a sudden you're upset that your shoulders are incorporated, that your shoulders might get some workout too? This kind of stupid stuff and inaccurate advice is perpetuated day in and day out at the gym. Now, I don't care if people do it. But what bothers me is when a guy does it and passes advice out to other people who don't know, who want to learn, and who need help. You see a guy in the gym who's got 20-inch arms and he's curling the 30s, and you're handling the 40 or 50-pound dumbbells, and for some reason, you're not doing something right, or for some reason, he's doing something better than you with the 30s, he's doing it with better form or more correct form, that's such bullshit, it's amazing that people can't see through that. Changes in the body occur because of adaptation. You're placing an additional stress on the muscle, which causes it to adapt. The adaptation is caused by the weight. The weight causes trauma. The muscles heal themselves and then eventually get bigger and stronger. And remember, increases in strength will occur before increases in size will occur. Changes occur at the cellular level at the molecular level and the cellular level. So you need a lot of those changes to occur before you can see them in the mirror. And finally, lifting also affects the central nervous system as well. Like any sport or activity that requires coordination, weightlifting is no different. The ability to fire and flex those muscles is developed. That too is an adaptation to lifting. The faster the contraction, the better. Meaning the faster the nerve impulse, the better. The more intense or the more complete the contraction, the better. Do both of these well and the more strength you will have. If you can send an impulse to the muscle faster and if you can send that impulse to flex the muscle more completely, you'll be bigger and stronger. When you see Olympic weightlifters or for those who don't know, CrossFitters, when you see these people doing snatches and clean and jerks, what are they doing? They're doing it rapidly, explosively. They've got to get used to that. They've got to develop that speed, just like you've got to develop the speed on your bench press. When that bar comes down, you have to rapidly explode and drive it back up. That too is developed. That type of central nervous ability is developed. This is one of the reasons why when you're warming up, you can't make these huge jumps in weight if you don't have huge amounts of strength. If you bench six or 700 pounds, yeah, you can start stacking 45s on. You can go 135, 225, 315, 405, because to you, that's just a warm-up. 
But when you're trying to increase your strength, you can't make these massive jumps because it's too much of a shock to the nervous system because not only does the muscle have to adapt and get stronger to lift that weight, the central nervous system and your coordination has to improve to fire that impulse to flex that muscle quickly. So instead of going from 185 to 225, you go 185, 205, and then 225. And that gradual progression of weight helps your body get used to handling heavier weight. It's not as big a shock when you go from 185 to 205 as it is from going 185 to 225, especially if you're not as strong as you think you are. There is no easy way, but there is a right way. I'm Steve Tarano, and this is Body Performance.